Welcome to the NCEA podcast. This is Colleen McCoy-Sika, the Director of Professional Learning for NCEA. And this week's podcast is a very special episode. We are actually live at convention. It is convention week, and it's Tuesday afternoon. And what I've done over the course of the last couple of days is I've had the opportunity to sit down with an LLP award winner. I have sat down with one of my colleagues, Sarah Huber, who is running the live stream and the virtual side of convention. And I also just sat down with um, a couple of presenters and an attendee who are sharing their experiences about presenting at NCEA and uh, the mass this morning and the um, very impactful keynote that we experienced this morning with Father Tony Ricard. And so I really hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed the conversations that make up this episode. This is Colleen McCoy-Sika with the NCEA podcast, and I am here live at convention with one of our LLP award winners, Michael Goldsmith, and I am here to congratulate him on his award. We are fresh out of the awards dinner, and so we're riding high on the, on the wave of the award, and um, I'm, I'm here to introduce him and congratulate him and have him talk about um, the important programs that he has developed at his school and um, his experience in Catholic education. So, Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Colleen. Very nice to be here. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about, um, first of all, the, the programs that you have created at the school that you're at, and give us a little bit of background. So you are a Catholic school graduate yourself. Yes, I am. Okay, and, for, and you graduated from which school? Give a shout out. From Dyersville Beckman High School okay. in Dyersville, Iowa. Dyersville, Iowa. That is one place that I've, I've been a lot of places. That's one place I haven't been, but now I'll have to make a stop. Mm -hmm. I'll check it out. So, um, Michael, you were a Lead, Learn, Proclaim Award winner. And talk a little bit about the um, importance of the programs that you've developed at your school and why you won this award. Um, well, the first thing I would say, Colleen, is that I really want to accept this on behalf of the Xavier Catholic School System. It, it, it's kind of silly to be singled out when there's so many people who of do course, so many wonderful right? things. Mm -hmm. But... I think it's wonderful to accept it on behalf of so many other people who do wonderful things. And it's just, you know, it's a true community. It's, it's a vocation and behind everybody who teaches there, there's just a support network of significant others and family members and long traditions and generations of families who support Catholic education in that community. So on all their behalfs, and uh, again, the Catholic school system in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, I'll happily accept this award. Um, as far as what I've done, that's it's one of the neat things about being part of a Catholic school. You're not just there to punch a clock. You always feel like if your ultimate job is to get people to heaven, what more could I be doing? And what can I do for my parish? And what can I do for my school? So I've had a couple of unique opportunities that really the administration has empowered me to do over the years. And the first one was to work on an apologetics uh, class called Why Am I Catholic? Because quite honestly, our students wanted a deeper uh, a deeper dive into why the church teaches what it does and mm -hmm. so it came from our students and we only cover about half a dozen uh, topics there but I'd like to think that once you sit in my classroom and for one month straight we do nothing but explore the Catholic Church's teaching on the Eucharist that Mass is never the same for you uh, after that and when we take a deep dive into the tradition of the Catholic Church you say to yourself I get why they do that mm -hmm. I know why the church does that and if you can do that, you know, there's nothing more dangerous in the world than an educated Catholic. And so we'd like to believe that um, if you can combine uh, one of our graduates, uh, her name is Sister Kristen Tomey, 
um, and she's with the Cincinnati, uh, with a Dominican order in Cincinnati, Wisconsin. And she said, the best of both worlds is to combine your head and your heart. And so if you take what you know to be true in your head and live it out in your heart, you can change the world. And I've always taken that to heart because I think she, she put it so beautifully. So that's one opportunity. And then um, I got to be honest, I'm, I get the seven-year itch, and now I'm working on another opportunity with another one of our theology teachers. Her name is Laura Zexer, and she's a phenomenal teacher. And what we want to do is we've developed a class, and it's called Called to be Saints. Our school nickname is the Saints, and when we study the Saints, what we find is that they have two things in common. One is that they live deep, deep lives of prayer. Um, and another is that they see everybody as their equal. They see everyone as their brother and sister in Christ. And so um, what we have is we have a lot of community service programs at school, as every Catholic school and really every school does. We want to change the dynamic of that instead of just checking a box and maybe, you know, in a sense, filling out an academic resume about the community service that you did. Mm -hmm. We want to give our, our students a true experience where they can see everybody as their equal. And so we're taking our kids uh, out of school and we're gonna meet in one of our downtown parishes, a beautiful supportive parish called Immaculate Conception, just a wonderfully diverse parish that really serves um, uh, some of the needy people of Cedar Rapids, you know, a lot of the um, kind of the transient population of Cedar Rapids and, and people who are kind of searching for a home. And we wanna go there and not only pray at that parish, but then um, we will spend our class time working at uh, downtown nonprofits mm. in our community so that our, our hope is we truly develop in our students a sense that everybody is our equal, everyone's our brother and sister, and that once you leave this high school, you're just starting to serve, and that you, you, get, that, you get that bug that I'm, I'm incomplete, my faith is incomplete if I don't put it into action on a regular basis. Mm. So. so much that you've just talked about um, that I would love to dig into a little bit. We don't have a whole lot of time to talk, mm -hmm. but there's so much. Um, the inspiration of the Cincinnati Dominicans, I graduated from a high school that was run by the Cincinnati Dominicans. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that just kind of goes right to my heart. I love that. The, um, the idea of students doing service that is more than just um, like doing coat drives and food mm -hmm. drives and things like mm -hmm. that and really going into the community and being with people and mm -hmm. understanding how people are their brothers and sisters, that we are we are all one, we are all a community. That's um, that's really important. So it, it is. And I, and I think a lot of times people are looking for kind of this magical moment of, of faith that will happen in their life, and those are indeed real. Yeah. But one thing we want to encourage is that it's, it's the daily – um, it's just like parenting to us in a certain sense. It's the day-to-day -day things that you do. It's the consistency that you have. And you may not go and, you know, you know, make a best friend in the soup kitchen, but do you know somebody's name? If right. you can call people by their first name, yep. and, you know, the world now needs so much, it needs social capital. I'm also an AP right. government teacher, and I'm obsessed with the idea of social capital, and we need to be connected, and we need to look at people and call them by name and just give them the gift of our time and that might be the most precious gift that that we have and so we want to instill that uh, just like saints did that when they were here beautiful beautifully said thank you so much for taking time with me this evening and congratulations again on your thank award. you it's an honor to be here this is colleen mccoy sika at the ncea podcast and we are live at convention this week and this is only the second time that convention has been live streamed. In fact, this is the first time that NCEA 
convention has been a hybrid event in the history of the event. So it's a little bit different, I think, for the in-person attendees. Um, they're here. They're going to sessions. We still have the live keynotes. We have mass together. We had about, what do you think, 1,500 people in mass this morning? Mm -hmm. So, you know, here on the ground, it looks very much like regular convention. But there's another element going on. So we have an app where people can go on and chat with each other. They can locate sessions that they want to go to and create a, a list for themselves in the app. They may have been able to do that before, but what they couldn't do was uh, interact with people who are streaming into the event from um, all over the country, from their schools, from the comfort of their homes. And so today, my guest for this portion of the podcast is Sarah Huber, and she is part of the NCEA team, and we've got a couple of team members. Annie Smith would be the other one. They are running the live stream part of convention. So Sarah is here to talk about what is happening in that element. So Sarah, you're here on the ground, but you're also monitoring the live stream. So can you talk a little bit about what that looks like in the virtual world? Yeah, so it's really cool, and it's nice that people who are attending just virtually have access to our main stage sessions as they're happening and they are allowed to chat and there's a feed in there in which they can chat which we're monitoring but like they're having a lot of right really great conversations we just got done with our mental health panel and that chat was just going nuts <laughs> with all of the great things and great idea sharing that was happening there and people are pulling quotes they like from the session and being able to like interact and talking about what they like about what the presenters are saying and people are meeting up and being able to discuss and hopefully because of how the platform that we're using work is like they can continue those conversations because they can connect with those people that they were chatting with the session outside of the session too through the app so it's very nice so and then they could also if they wanted to direct message panelists and ask them questions or yeah and or that's one of the nice things about the platform that we're mm -hmm. using is that mm -hmm. for both for the in-person and virtual attendees, they have access to the panelists and, and all of the presenters that they can talk to them about and keep these conversations going well beyond the end of the next few days. So the, the way convention was set up, we had um, many, many uh, applicants who wanted to be in-person presenters. We could not accept all of the proposals. In fact, we only have 96 sessions here on the ground, and that was a very small percentage of the um, applications that we got for, for live presenters. So we gave an option to all of our, all, all our in-person presenters that were accepted for them to be able to record a session and upload it into the on-demand library. But then we also accepted a number of sessions that would be on-demand only. So what's interesting about this is if you are attending here at convention, you can go to all of these different sessions here, but then you also have access to an on-demand library where there are speakers who, they would have been fantastic in-person speakers, but you will be able to find their presentations um, online. Also, some of the in-person presenters recorded a video and put them in the on-demand library. So there are so many just different aspects. Do you think, Sarah, do you think that that is, um, like, what's your prediction on this? Are people loving the online virtual options so much that <laughs> it's going to have to become a thing? What I, do you think? I think part of it is, like, we just live in a virtual world now. It's yeah. like, and the one thing that's nice about, especially with, like, our convention doing this, is that we ha 
like anyone who signs up for like in-person and the virtual attendees, anything that is in that on-demand library is going to stay there with them having access to it through July, to, until July, I should say. And so they're going to be able to sit with this content and they're going to be able to revisit it in a way that's not just like, oh, looking over notes that I took in that I was quickly scribbling down when I was trying to pay attention to this section, they're going to be able to sit with this material, which is going to just benefit everyone who uses it in the long run because they have more time to sit with it. So as a professional development specialist, um, I have to say it, as much as I love convention, I know that one and done professional development isn't the most effective, and that's not my opinion, that is, you know, that's a, that's a truth. So one and done professional development isn't, you know, the most effective thing. But what's happening here is the networking. So the networking that happens on the ground, the conversations that are taking place during and after sessions, the engagement that people have with each other. And then um, for our virtual attendees, what I love about this is that we are actually creating the opportunity for them to be able to engage as well, to have conversations, to connect with people, to carry it forward. Because the most effective part about the professional development aspect of this convention is what happens beyond, you know, when convention comes to an end. And we are able to do that because of the virtual element. Yes, and and especially with the platform that we use, it's like once you like connect with someone, it's like your contact information is shared. You'll have their email. If they have a phone number on there, you'll have that. So it's like building a connection and that's all, it's all, all on your computer already. You're not gonna lose a business card or anything and you can sustain those conversations and keep those connections. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I know that this is the first time that you are running um, a virtual convention yourself and so thank you so much for all the work that you're doing and um, Annie Smith is mission control and you're in, in constant contact with her and so kudos to the both of you thank you so much for making that part of the convention so impactful for all of our attendees thank you Colleen all right thank you this is Colleen McCoy Sika back live at convention and now I am sitting with three people who are attendees and presenters and um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand over the mic and what they're going to share with you is what they have experienced today uh, on the first full day of convention. So um, what I'm going to ask you each to do, introduce yourself and tell where you're from and then you're going to talk about what you presented today and then you're going to um, talk about something that made an impact on you today that that you're going to carry with you when you leave convention. All right, so listeners, you are in for a treat. Here we go. My name is Chad Evans, and I'm the president at John Paul II High School in Plano, Texas. And I, multiple things really uh, impacted me this morning. I, I'm always about like the opening liturgy. I love it. There's just something about it. It's the way to kick off a convention. It's the way to remind yourself of how special it is to be a part of uh, a Catholic school. So the opening liturgy was wonderful. And um, and and then our, our keynote speaker, so Father Tony Ricard, uh, wow. I don't, I didn't really know who he was, but as soon as he started walking in and singing and then you watch his video, you're like, this guy is unbelievable, uh, extremely motivational and uh you know just really touched your heart and then we were sitting at lunch and we started talking about the fact that 
how special he is and what a gift he is to the Archdiocese of New Orleans. And uh, for each one of us, as we were sitting there eating lunch, we were like, you know, uh, it, that, that was worth every penny we spent to be here is to, to listen to him. He was really, really special. That is a really incredible thing to say. But that's interesting because I was sitting at lunch with my NCEA colleagues, and some of my colleagues at NCEA have been, they've been to 20, 30 conventions. And one of my colleagues, she said, I think I've, this is my 31st convention, and I think that was the most moving keynote I've ever heard. That is, that is something to say because we've you know, had some great keynoters over the years. So thank you so much for sharing that. So what did you present? I actually didn't present. You didn't I, I, su- you were a presenter. <laughs> I supported uh, a, fr- a, a co-worker uh, okay. who, uh, who presented on uh, an- the annual fund playbook, but that's why I'm here. I was a supporter of her. And, uh, and so. what session was that and who was the presenter? The session was the annual fund playbook, and the presenter is Kelly Noonan. Okay. She is the Director of Advancement and Engagement at Prince of Peace Catholic School. She'll say something here soon. I was just going to say, so why don't we talk about her All right, Kelly Noonan, you're up next. Thank you so much. Hi, my name's Kelly Noonan, and I'm the Director of Advancement and Engagement at Prince of Peace Catholic School, and I'm giggling because Mr. Evans is my uh, was is the former president of Prince of Peace Catholic School, and um, I'm kind of used to him <laughs> stealing some of my words and thoughts, so it's fun that he did the introduction, too. But no, that was really nice of him to join the session, and um, he did contribute. He, he was like kind of like a, a co-presenter. I leaned on him a few times, but this is my first time presenting um, at any sort of conference, so that was very exciting, and I touched on the annual fund and tried to just share the experiences that we have had that successfully worked at Prince of Peace Catholic School and how people could use ideas or kind of maybe take something they're already doing and borrow an idea from something that we've found to work. I would say what was most uh, meaningful and impactful for me, at the very end, people asked questions and this one woman made a comment. So one of the things I touched on as far as you know, the annual campaign is a year-long process and you always want to look for different opportunities to reach your donors. And so we have our students design a Christmas card and one of the attendees mentioned that when she was in Catholic school, her Christmas card design won. And so she was, um, you know, her Christmas card was mailed out to all the families and that when she became an adult, she went to visit the school as part of the admissions process. She was touring different schools for her children. And when she walked into the school office, the receptionist not only remembered her, but pulled out her Christmas card. And so she said that at that moment, it affirmed her decision to send her children there. Um, And then for me, it kind of affirmed those, you know, that's one of those ideas that you think sounds good in theory. You don't know if it will pay off. And to hear that something like that has such a profound impact on um, her as a student and then her as as a parent, that was, that's something that I'm going to keep in my toolbox. I'm going to share that story often. So that was really neat. Anything else that you experienced today in other sessions that was really meaningful? Well, I have to agree with, with Chad. The opening opening mass was just such a wonderful way to start the day. And I love, I guess my favorite thing about going to mass in different cities and in, in just, I guess, different 
parishes in general is how the song the the song's the same but the way we sing is different and so I just loved how um just listening to the the beautiful music and it was just that to me just speaks to my heart so it was a beautiful way to start the morning that they had a full band and the choir and it was very inspiring. I was sitting right in front of them and it was the best place to be. Yeah, that rendition of, what is it, Immaculate Mary? Yes. Was, oh, Maria. that was, oh, yes. Ave Mar- was it Ave Maria or Immaculate Mary? Oh my gosh, it was yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. It was definitely amazing. All right, so Erin. Yes. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from and what you did today. So I'm Erin Muter, and I am the principal of St. Joseph's Regional Catholic School in Beltsville, Maryland in the Archdiocese of Washington. And I am a presenter. Uh, this is my second time presenting at NCEA. Last year was virtual, so it's my first time in person. And just like you were saying, Kelly, like just like Kelly was saying um, during her presentation, I was at part of it, and she said she was nervous that you know no one was going to show up, and I felt the same exact way. But like Kelly, she had a full house. I had a full house. There was lots of engagement. Um, I did my presentation on math workshop in the math classroom. And there was many math teachers, and they were excited. They were sharing ideas. And it was just wonderful to see so many educators, Catholic educators, on fire for math education. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We don't get a whole lot of those um, proposals for really exciting math professional development. I know that's really hard to believe, but. <laughs> you should have gone to Aaron's session. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Thank you for presenting. Thank you so much for presenting, for attending and supporting. Um, Chad, Kelly, and Aaron, thanks so much. I hope that um, I hope that you have a wonderful experience throughout the rest of convention, and thank you so much for coming. This is, um, you know, with the world opening back up, and this being the first time that so many of us are back together, it's a really exciting experience. So thank you. God bless you. Thank you for everything you do in your ministry. Signing off from the NCEA podcast.